Welcome to the Uncut Chronicles. I'm Crystal. I'm Andy. And we are coming to you with information and topics every day, such as culture, trending topics, shit your mammy probably don't need to hear. So come on in with us so we can share more with you about our day. Hey, everybody. I'm Crystal. And I'm Andy. And we want to welcome you to Uncut Chronicles, where we talk about all things raw and, you know, uncut. So today, we'll be talking about Andy. How was your weekend? What you wanted to share today? Yeah, I'm pregnant, but anyway. <laughs> Clearly, she was doing it raw and uncut. That's how I got like that, because that's, that's what it equals when you do raw stuff. You um, procreate. Uh, it's really uncut. But um, you guys, Crystal... I, I really, and we had an offline conversation about this, but I am beginning to get really irked about how black people are just not accepted everywhere. Like, and I get it sometimes, you know, being black be fun as fuck. It'd be dangerous as fuck too. But it's just, we're just not accepted in a lot of spaces. And that's actually starting to bother me. What spaces do you feel we're not accepted in? Everywhere. Damn, like Visa? All right. Like American Express. We ain't accepted everywhere. I So give me an example of one place you feel like we're really not accepted. Mm. I think one of the things that I'm noticing the most that we're not accepted in anytime we are in like the upper echelons. So when we when I see wealthy black men and women start getting to those higher tax brackets. It's like they be fighting for their fucking lives to be accepted into that circle. And I and that breaks my heart sometimes because it's like, imagine trying to like break a generational curse or break a stereotype and say, no, like we're not all in poverty, struggling, this, this, and that, and the third. And you carry yourself so well and you finally get up to that peak of just the upper echelons and you getting closed out because you're not white. And I see that so common, like, even like it, it like for me, I like went, I went to a, um, a, uh, donor's banquet cause I donated money, um, from my business to this, um, cause. And I was the only black person in the room. I was the only black person in the room and you can literally like feel like the, what the fuck is she doing in here? And I, and I feel like that's such a common experience for us once we get up there. Like, I'm in the room with millionaires, billionaires, all that stuff. And I actually, like, freaked out about it because I was like, oh, my God, do I belong in this space? I started questioning myself, did I belong in that space? <laughs> I should have. Because I felt like I didn't belong in that space. Because And then it made they made me feel like I was unwelcomed in that space. And... um. I, and I and I told my um, my PR person, I was like, you know, I, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think they care. I don't think I could be in this space. And she was like, if the only reason why you feel like you can't be in that space is because you're black. Baby, go ahead and put that dress on and go get in there. She said, because there's tons of black people in spaces where they people essentially feel like they don't belong. So what makes you feel like you're any different or any less than that you don't belong in that space? But I think it's 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 difficult. Let me say something though about that. Like I feel like when that happens a lot. I remember one time I was doing this event. It was a few years ago, and my assistant came with me, and we were the only black woman there. 
And um, it was one of the, it was an event that was being hosted by another company. They came in town. We were supposed to show up for um, the preliminary opening. So they had all this media there. We're the only black women. And I had already donated to the, to the cause as well as came to bring some additional gifts to say thank you. And when we got there, one young lady said, oh, I'm sorry. What are you doing here? No, no, no. She said, she said, and I quote, oh, I'm sorry. This is not open to the public. <gasps> and my assistant looked at me. <laughs> and she grabbed the collar of her shirt. And she looked at me. And I looked at her. And then you see this other lady who happened to be white as well, running. She's like, no, oh no, no. God. It's like she knew the other woman was a fool and maybe had some tendencies that were not inclusive. And she was trying to like shut her down. But the other woman had already opened her mouth. And I said, excuse me? Damn it, you already done. I'm sorry, I'm not the public. Um, do you, I'm sure you already clocked in. Is your supervisor available? Since you think I'm the hell. Um, Mind-blowing. It happens all the time. Uh, I was somewhere just a couple weeks ago and somebody said, oh, hi, are, you're the CNA? What the fuck? Excuse me? Not the CNA. In my, in my little suit. I couldn't even get the... Uh, what? She said, you must be the CNA. Hi, we need... I said, oh, I am so sorry. You must be mistaken. Please uh, get on the phone with your director, please, and let them know that I'm here. And she said... Oh, and so it, it, it happens all the time where people feel like if we look a certain way, we walk a certain way, we talk a certain way, it doesn't matter. And that's why all this brainwashing people to believe they have to be a certain type of person to be respected mm -hmm. um, to me is trash. Don't get me wrong. There's a certain way you should conduct yourself in a variety of spaces, being professional, intelligent, articulate, uh, decorum and class, no problem. But by no means am I to whitewash myself in order to fit into somebody else's ability. I don't have to straighten my hair. I don't have to drive a certain thing. Um, I don't think any of that's required. And when I do meet other people who look like me, who do feel like they have to live in certain neighborhoods, drive certain things, go to certain schools, look a certain way, say certain things, rub certain elbows, but you're still black and they're still gonna treat you accordingly. So are you trying to impress others or yourself? Because there's a lot of confusion for me on that. So I really get disgusted with that too. People who become so pompous um, into believing that they essentially have to always fit in and will treat other people like themselves and of other ethnicities as if they are beneath them because they didn't go to wherever they went to. They don't drive and I remember this country club or this and that. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with character and with decency and class. And class is free, baby. You can live in a project and still be classy because class is a state of mind. It is not about how much money you have. Many people grew up in low-income housing and are some of the classiest people you'll ever meet because no matter what they did and did not have, they always conducted themselves with decency, decorum, and they had goals. So I, I'm not really a fan of that. I've been in some organizations, some groups where people were very, uh, I'll just be honest and say they were very snotty. They were very rude and disrespectful. Um, and I don't eat at tables where there's no longer respect being served. So for me, I'm not really... That that's not my cup of tea. You just won't find me there. And that and it's just so like even doubling back to what you said about how when people do get in those spaces that they tend to treat their own the same way that they were treated. Especially if, you know, 
if they're, you know, Caucasian or another race, they, they'll go back and treat their own people. Oh, girl, I'm not bringing her. She too ghetto. Listen, I was somewhere where it's predominantly all Hispanic people, and I love Spanish culture. I grew up with so much. I'm so comfortable that when I don't see Hispanic people, I really don't know what to do. If I don't see some, some Hispanics, some Asians, if I don't see some Samoans, if I don't see people from around the world around me, I, it's very uncomfortable, actually, because I grew up in a very international city. And so I've been places and heard other Hispanic people talk down about other Hispanic people and say that they're dirty or they're bad. Or they'll say, I'm not Mexican. I'm Honduran. Excuse me? I know you're not going to let them talk to Maria like that. And your last name is Juarez. The audacity. And I said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You really should. Because behind closed doors, they call you the same name that they calling her behind her back. So I've always vouched for people who are the underdog. It's very disgusting to me in any culture, not just black culture, in any culture where we think that because we make a certain amount of money that you're better than a person that may have just got here or that's struggling to rise. I just find it to be despicable in the floor. But who do you think you are walking around here with skin of any color and, and you trying to act like a colonizer? I mean, tell me what greatness has come behind, you know, being a colonizer. Fuck you and that shit. What you doing? You good at stealing? <laughs> Bravo. Ew. That's all they do. They just be stealing shit from people, claiming it as their own. You know who they are. People that do those kind of dishonest, disrespectful things. But anybody can have that mindset from any background if they want. Mm -hmm. And so I find that it's just disrespectful to treat people as if they're beneath you. I think the fuck not. And that's why I don't understand why there's so much division among minorities. And then interculturally, there's so much division. Because even between African-Americans and Africans, like, oh, my God, the discourse between us, I truly do not understand. Because at the end of the day, they don't care if you came from Detroit or you came from Ghana. You still an N-word. I love Africans. I, and, I, and that's why I'm like, I don't understand why there's so much discourse in... Yeah. With some, between certain, yeah. you know, I listen, minority quarters. I, I told my African friends, I said, hold up now. Don't come over here thinking because you in med school and you got, you know, uh, little Akeem over in, you know, pre-med program or whatever y'all got going on being an attorney. Let me tell you something. I, and I've had to say this multiple times and they go, I've never heard it like that. And I say this, remember not to disrespect us because first of all, we are you and you live in us. Everything you get when you come to this country, you got because we fought for it. Every door, every school, every job, we fought. But it was you that was in us that gave us the strength to keep fighting. So don't come over here after we have opened doors and set up laws and have our own schools and fought so that you could come in right behind us and prop us up. These are bricks that are being built. Don't ever disrespect and minimize us and call us um, their ghetto, their this, their that. No, look at look at the systematic setup for failure. While you're allowed to come in and get certain loans and do certain things, there are certain things that blacks in America really and truly have never been allowed to do successfully. Some of the income and opportunities they get in the loans, I mean, the grants of just coming in this country are not afforded to us. But you can have it. Therefore, it's your job to open the door, get it, hire us, bring us in, and we're going to show you how to do this thing because we're the ones that open the door for you. And they go, you know, we never thought about it that way, Crystal. I said, just remember that, that there's two sides to this coin. We are with you. You're not, don't come in here becoming like them, belittling us, calling us names. But then on an application, you still have to click the same box we do. So you're not better than us. Um, remember whose backs you stand on. 
And they go, wow. You know, because oftentimes they don't know that. I mean, even if you're Egyptian and come to this country, do you know that you get to click a different box? Oh. You can click a box that does not say that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, many people that come from the East, depending on what country they come from, are allowed to click a box that says that they are of European background. There's TikToks about it. There's uh, IG posts mm -hmm, on their application to come on over. That's why some of them change their ethnicity on paper. It's very interesting. It happens a lot. So I tell people all the time, like, we are, are to be respected, um, but we also must demand that respect. Mm. And I... And I hate that we have to demand it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what bothers me, you know, a lot with trying to be in different spaces where we have to demand respect instead of just treating people like they're human. And that's one thing, like, I tell people, like, when I go out the country to certain countries, I say I, it's almost like a vacation for me. Mm -hmm. Because while I have to be vigilant, regardless that I'm in another country, I'm... I'm black, but I'm not treated as though I'm black. Hmm. And I appreciate that experience because I just want to be treated as a human. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be treated differently because I'm black. I don't want favoritism. I don't want to be treated badly, of course. But I get to live in peace and not be, if I'm discriminated against, it's just because I'm an American. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all. But not because I'm black. And it gets exhausting sometimes because like, People will say all the time, like, well, you think it's better over there, but, you know, you got it good over here in America. Like, I can't walk out the door without <laughs> somebody. Like, somebody the other day, assume, the doctor assumed that I was a single mother. Wow. They said, will the father be there for the birth, or do you know who the father is? I know you lying. Do I know? Or would you have asked Sally that? Listen, when I gave birth to my last kid, a social worker walked into my room and I was like, I said, oh, I want to know you lying. Because I could just tell by the way she was walking and the way she was holding her paperwork. Because I'm not new. You know, it's whatever. My background's in clinical psych. And so I could tell that she had some type of authority. And she walked in, she started speaking to me and she didn't even announce her name or what her title was. But the tone of her questions, I said, excuse me, are you a social worker? She said, yes. And I said, well, why are you here? She said, well, we see that you pop positive for, um, I forgot what drug, whether it was crack, cocaine or meth or something crazy. And I was like, excuse me? Hello? I said, let me be very clear to you, ma'am. I have never taken an illicit drug a day in my life. And I'm not sure where you belong, but I'm more than sure it's not here. I suggest you go back and do your research. Um, the lady I happened to be sharing my room with, and I knew something was wrong. Matter of fact, I had asked them to change it because I knew something was going to happen. Had the same name as me. We both were named Crystal. Ooh. But she was white and I was black. She came in with an addiction and gave birth. I came in and gave birth as well. They messed up our paperwork. Her baby popped positive, of course, because she was using. Mm -hmm. Mine did not. Do you know, I said, y'all better fix it and yeah. fix it fast. First of all, I shouldn't even know that woman's background or her her her, her lifestyle. I shouldn't even, that's a HIPAA violation. You should have double-checked my wristband when you came in to make sure you didn't have that conversation with me because now I know this baby's whole life and you're talking about you're going to come in and take somebody's kid. Do you know that after that, I said, please make sure that this paperwork has been changed. When I got ready to leave, you know, they hadn't changed it. I believe it. I stood at that counter 
I'll take this whole gown off. Baby. And march these halls. But because I was black, it was assumed that I was a drug addicted mother. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't surprise me. Like I've I've dropped, you know, my daughter off at school and somebody asked me if I was a nanny. Baby, what? They said, oh, hey, 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 Zara. Oh, is that the nanny? The mama? The mama? Because she was going to a part, she was going to a predominantly white Montessori school. So she um, was probably maybe one or two of the black children there. And you know my baby's high yellow. Oh, Boogie, they thought I was a nanny. They thought I was the nanny. And I and it took everything in me not to go off because I said, no, I'm her mother. Oh. Oh. Why did why was the first assumption that you thought I was the nanny to help? And that and I find these experiences so common that it's so frustrating because it's like, if this was any other race, would you have assumed the same thing? No. Do you think that that oftentimes the people of color are welcome, like, like period, other ethnicities welcome in other genres like cosplay and other things? Because you oftentimes see that, first of all, I love the fact that other ethnic groups play the hell out of roles and characters and put a spin on that is so fucking dope. Like, you're like, damn. I didn't even think Sailor Moon could do a look or, and it's just like all the, the coolness that comes with it. And I feel like oftentimes people, people of different ethnic backgrounds are not even allowed to feel welcomed in those alternative spaces, whether it's in funk or in rock or in cosplay or anime or really, shouldn't it, really in anything. No, like if you're not like white passing minority, oh, they're going to eat your ass up. Like I, I especially like at uh, DreamCon when a lot of like the one of the conventions when there was a lot of like black cosplay pictures going around. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen the N word so much in my life. What I was like, these are fictional characters. These are fictional characters, and you really got up under somebody's picture and said, "Well, since since when is is Sanji black? Since when is Luffy black? Since when is this person black?" Uh, we, Luki, it's a fictional character. It's just like Halloween, like when you dress up as somebody for Halloween, it was like, well, since when is Pocahontas black? We know they not black, but it's it's not against the law for them to dress up and cosplay, you know, as a specific fictional no, character. Why is that such an issue? And it's, and it's all the time, it's so bad. Like, it's so bad to hate that some of these cosplayers, especially if they're black or, you know, of darker minority that they get, it's so sad. Like, and it really like, you know, I hear a lot of stories where like people stop posting, people stop participating in things that they love because the hate is so crazy. It literally like affects their mental health. And it was like, why can't I enjoy these same things? And it's literally just because you're black. That's it. That's all. But if Kathy does it is, Ooh, she's so hot. Oh, wow. You so you, this is perfect cosplay for you. This, this, and the third. Not Kathy. Girl. I so agree. I think the same thing in music. You know, there's this, listen, listen, we back taking over country music. Have you seen 
all of the new black artists in country music? I have. Ooh. And I actually really, really like it. I love country music. I don't. But um, <laughs> that's one genre of music. I just can't get, I can't get with it. I can't get with it. I'm sorry. I've tried. I, I keep listening to everybody else. Uh, now, I will give honorary pass to Dolly Parton. Lover. Because Jolene, I'm going to get in that car and act like I'm... Jolene, I'm getting a car and act something serious. But, um, and, uh, freaking, uh, what's in it? Carrie Underwood. I'll let that slide. But the other stuff, I can't do it. But I'm glad to see black people in those spaces. And what's crazy to me is, even if they're in those spaces, they're still discriminated against. Yeah. I mean, because. Why? Country music, first of all, we created country music first. Do your, do your history. Do, do, do your, do your homework. Do a little research. And come back and talk to me. Because we did. And then country music is beautiful. It's like rap music, just slow, just you just slow it down. Literally, similar stories about a lot of things in hip hop culture. It's just slowed down from a rural perspective. Like it's really, really dope. And so you're right. They're getting a lot of hate, but at the same time, the younger people are really pushing them forward because they love it. And I love that for them. And that's why I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't think there should be like gatekeeping when it comes to music essentially agreed um i don't that's why i was like you know in our previous episode when we were talking about how you know people feel like well hip-hop and rap and r&b should be gatekept but i'm like i don't think so as long as you come into that space knowing your history and respecting the people within that culture I don't see an issue with it. Mm -hmm. But when you come in trying to be a character of what you think a black person is or what you think hip hop and R&B is, that's when I have an issue. Like Jojo, my girl Jojo, she she can sing. That's a white girl that I'd be like, go ahead and do it. But she's never came in acting like a character of a white, of a black woman. And that's where I, that's, I respect artists that come into those spaces or those cultures and they don't try to be that stereotypical character of what they think that culture is and um i feel like when black people go into certain spaces that we don't normally go into or if we've been there and we're just not a lot of us there i don't never see us become characters Mm -hmm. of that culture but when it comes to us everyone else feels like they have to be a character or a stereotype of what they think that culture is, essentially. Right. No, no, I agree. I agree. Just like, you know, with everything from homeschool moms to music um, to to ballet, you know, um, listening to Misty Copeland over the weekend uh, discuss her stories about having to color her own um, ballet shoes and how to find tights um, because she said that the standard name for a lot of the ballet shoes is called European Pink. She said, isn't that interesting? Like, it even says it down to the name of the shoes that it isn't meant for anybody else but people of white descent, which is really interesting because she's fought for so many years for black ballerinas. Um, And Misty Copeland, and a beautiful and amazing dancer, but also grew up in a low-income lifestyle, unfortunately. And it was outside organizations um, and local community organizations that, that offered dance classes, which is how she got started. Um, and so look at where she is today, you know, where she is, is just critically acclaimed. And so you see all the time that we're out here fighting in spaces where we aren't always welcome with my company, Sage, you know, I'm saying thing 
um, I go into places so many times and often I am the only black maker. And it's always comical to watch them turn their nose at me, judge my items, tell me they're not good enough. Why does it look like that? And then when they see the numbers that I pull because they're watching my customers or the lines I create, oh, you did really well. I said, that's what we're here for. Hmm. Excellence. Well, how did you do this? How do you do that? I mean, it, it's even stopped some of my customers before and had them go, excuse me, you're out of line for what you just said. Um, my customers have even started to do that to people. Happens all the time. And people don't understand how much of an uphill battle it is in a fight when you're a person of color and you're serious about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pushback you get, the theft, people trying to steal your whatever, your likeness, um, your formulations, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um People will try to play on your ignorance. I think because you're black, you're ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes they have to go, oh, oh, you're serious about business. You thought we were here for games? Yeah. You thought we were playing checkers? Essentially. Every like, day I get up and playing chess. Somebody asked me if I had my LLC. Do you even have your LLC? Do you? Why do you assume that? Yeah. And it's it's, it's wild to me because it's like, and it's even crazier because if you see black businesses or any type of minority businesses start to become on the rise, people will literally sit there and nitpick and pull apart, try to find something wrong with your business mm-hmm. to almost like validate their prejudice or their racism uh-huh. against you. And it's so crazy to me because it's like, imagine being that threatened by me. Just my mere existence. That you that you sat over there and was pulling a Neve and Max off a of catfish to look me up. To see what was going on. See if you can find my history. See if you can find something wrong with me because you feel so threatened by a skin color. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so we have to remember that um, there are so many areas in life that we have to fight as people to show that, nope, we're here too. We're everywhere. Uh, I think we're going to definitely have a part two to this. I agree. I think we should go much deeper into subcultures and um, the different places and the rarities that we find people of color in and how to give um, all persons of ethnicities their their flowers, but how those who are of different ethnic backgrounds um, get minimized so often. So we should do a part two for sure on this. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's coming. I'm Crystal. And I'm Andy. And we thank you so much for being with us at the Uncut Chronicles where we say things that you know. Shit your mammy can't hear, really. But this one, we want your mammy to hear. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, guys. Peace. The Uncut Chronicles is part of the Breaking Ice, Building Bridges community podcast platform brought to you by Possibilities. As we wrap up, Possibilities would like to give a special thank you to this episode's sponsor, Express Employment Professionals, paving the way for creative expression in our community. Their commitment to our vision allows us to continue to have these conversations. We are grateful for your continued support, Express Employment Professionals.